Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Q&A this week. We are talking all about the strike, the sag after strike, the WGA strike, what it means for us and our channel, and what you guys can do to help support. We did have several people ask about this, but we were going to cover it anyway. And uh, I want to point out first that we're recording this on a Tuesday, and it's going to come out on a Saturday. There's a possibility that more information could come out. Uh, a lot is happening very quickly. We're trying to read and learn. Uh, so, you know, if this stuff is outdated, we apologize, but we wanted to just say that this is coming from everything that we know as of Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, but across the board, from what I've seen uh, from people in SAG, SAG itself, w WGA, they've said that something that we can all do is just help spread awareness. Mm -hmm. So that's part of what we're going to do here. And uh, we're going to talk through both unions and the strikes and what it all means. But I was also going to point people to Dan Merle's video. We can link to that because Molly gave that to me and was like, I, I think that's the most informative breakdown from someone who is much closer to the industry than we are. Dan puts it in layman's terms pretty well for, for, for most people to be able to understand what the strikes are, what it means for what we love dearly, our TV shows, our movies and all that stuff, and like what we can do going forward. Yeah, Dan is just someone who is, I trust as an industry expert, someone that I go to for that side of the business where uh, I'm just like, I know a lot about Star Wars and timelines, so <laughs> that that's where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. But basically, uh, the WGA, the writers, and SAG-AFTRA, the actors, they're striking against the AMPTP, which are the producers, the heads of Amazon, MGM, Apple, NBC Universal, Disney, ABC, Fox, Netflix, Paramount, CBS, Sony, and Warner Brothers. Uh, All the big, big guns. Right. <laughs> uh, and we're, we're talking specifically about film and television actors on strike. Uh, Dan goes into how video games, interactive entertainment, audiobooks, commercial actors, TV anchors, stuff like that, they are not on strike. To put it into Star Wars terms, uh, Jedi Adventure, Star Wars Jedi Adventures is going to have some new episodes on August 2nd. Ahsoka is on the way. That would be stricken content, but Star Wars Outlaws, a video game, is not, even though it probably did use SAG actors, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. We're we're mostly talking about film and television, 
because of the reasons for the strike, which we'll get into. Right. So if there's any SAG-AFTRA people working on Star Wars Outlaws, I think it's really up to them what they do going forward, but they may choose to not do any active promoting just to keep things super safe. But technically, by the strike's terms, they would be allowed to do so for the video game itself because the strikes don't cover video game stuff. Right. I believe so. And again, this is all very confusing. It's fairly new to us. Uh, We're trying to do our best. Again, we're not experts. We're trying to just do our best to educate people on why people, why the unions are striking and uh, what we can do to help and how best to move forward. The reason for this strike is uh, mostly because of streaming and AI. It's the advent of new technology, new ways to watch film and television, which Dan does a good job of breaking down the past two strikes, uh, big strikes from like the 1980s and the 1960s, um, when like SAG and WGA, when they struck together, it was about new technology Mm -hmm. and television becoming more and more prominent and residuals for when movies played on TV and stuff like that. So new technology always seems to spark new greed in the producers and then the the unions have to strike in order to get their fair share to get fairly uh paid and fairly treated yeah it seems like every time there's a big break like this in new technology the the higher-ups find a way to cut corners for everybody else so that they're continuing to make the most money while paying the actors and writers the least that they possibly can right so streaming is obviously this newest iteration of a new technology a new way for us to all enjoy content and it's it's tougher to make a living off of streaming because basically residuals are terrible i've seen a lot of sag members sharing their residuals that they've gotten from Uh, big shows that they've worked on or the struggles that they've gone through just to produce those shows like Orange is the New Black on Netflix. Uh, The the actors were talking about having to take cabs to and from the set. Meanwhile, Netflix is promoting it as the most watched show that they've ever had and like this many million viewers tuned in all the time. Mm -hmm. And they're just not seeing the fair share from that. Right. And a lot of shows now are are just shorter Yes, exactly. There are just not as many episodes as there used to be for a, a running TV show. It's as much work, but it's not as much uh, final content. So, you know, they get paid per episode, I believe. And uh, that that's also not to talk about uh, the, the vi- visual effects artists who mm-hmm. they're not on strike right now, but they have been talking about how they have these strict deadlines for these huge productions and that they're like constantly in crunch and not being treated fairly either. Marvel, looking at you. Right. <laughs> and there's little to no transparency on actual streaming numbers because no streaming will publicly share their analytics. Right. Which and, is wild. Right. Like the the actors and the writers would like to know how many people did watch the stuff that we made so that we can accurately negotiate moving forward. Okay, and the other big issue is artificial intelligence. No surprise there. It's been a hot-button topic as of late. Um, The big thing that I've seen thrown around is the fact that they want to 
do a full body scan of like background actors and they come in, they get paid for one day of work and then they will own that likeness to do whatever they want for For, eternity. For as long as they want. They can take the body scan of an actor who's gotten paid for one day's work and use it for the rest of eternity, like you said, and they won't see a dime. Yeah, no consent, no compensation. Right. It's kind of like uh, Jennifer Landa talked about <laughs> this, this up, yeah. in the latest Force Center podcast because she's done stock photos, stock photography, which is like they pay you a couple thousand dollars to like model for a photo that the, you then agree that people can use by paying for it through stock photo websites. But this is different. It's that on steroids. Right. <laughs> it's that, but even worse, where they can animate your artificial likeness to do whatever they want and be in anything and you get no say Mm -hmm. and the thing is a lot of the up-and-coming actors they might have to consider that just to make money like i think that there can be a misconception that all of this stuff is about a-list actors demanding more money from the producers and while they are on strike yes it's about the 87% of people who don't make enough to get health insurance under the union, which they have to make $26,000 a year. And 87% of people in the in SAG do not make enough to make health insurance. So that's what they're striking for. Mm-hmm. It's up and coming actors who are just trying to pay rent and put food on the table and get health insurance. So when the opportunity arises of like, okay, do I take a day's work of pay and sign away my likeness forever? Like that is a real consideration for some actors mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. Right, <laughs> it shouldn't because have to be. I mean, if that starts to happen, that becomes kind of some people's only option. Right, and, and so that's what it comes down to is writers and actors, they just wanna be paid fairly for the work they're doing and with transparency. So that brings us to Bob Iger and uh, his completely tone-deaf statement. Oh, Bob. Oh, yeah. Not great, Bob. Uh, He said that the strikers were being unrealistic and disruptive, which is the point of a strike, uh, while he was literally at something that's called Billionaire Summer Camp. (laughs) Uh, This is a man that makes $27 million a year. Uh, on the low end, that's before bonuses and stuff. Mm-hmm. He makes $73,000 a day. And he's saying that these people who don't make $26,000 in a year are being unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So that was just upsetting, to say the least. For for so many reasons and, and for so many people to hear that it was, was like a big shock. It, yeah. It, it was just the, the, the least self-aware thing I could have heard. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was another quote that really set me off. Uh, Some anonymous executive told Deadline, the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses. A cruel but necessary evil. So (laughs) they admit to being cruel and they admit to being evil. Like that's that's who we're dealing with here Mm -hmm. is... These few people in power, to bring it back to Star Wars, we're talking about the few people that have power and want to use that power to control 
everyone else. Palpatine, <laughs> Tarkin, Vader. Exactly. Like that. that is what we're looking at is these empires. I saw someone tweet and compare Bob Iger to a lord looking down from his castle, his billionaire summer camp, and complaining that, oh, the, the serfs are being unruly today. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. And to, to put it into George Lucas's words, he he's talked about, you know, fear to anger to hate. There, there's a great video I've referenced many times where he talks about you, you start to get invested in material things like wealth. If that's what you're attached to, you start to get more and more of it because every little bit you get, it makes you feel less good than it did before. So you need more and you need more. And then you get attached to it. Then you become afraid that someone else is going to take it from you mm-hmm. and then you start to get angry at those people and like that's basically what we're dealing with right now yeah. is people with power afraid they're going to lose it and you know in the 80s what was it the the person in charge of disney was making maybe 30 times what the lowest paid employee was making and now Bob Iger makes 400 times the amount that the lowest paid person that Disney makes. Yeah, just this absolute continued disparity of wealth and control that continues to happen. And they're even doing, Molly showed me the tweet from Universal lot where people are picketing and uh, they, yeah. they trimmed all the trees so there wouldn't be shade. It's like little petty things like that. Yeah. Just every little thing. Like someone made that decision and they were like, you know what? The the picketers are out there enjoying this shade and it's making them stay out there longer. Go trim all of the leaves and all the branches off all the trees so they can't get as much shade so that maybe they get exhausted faster <laughs> and maybe they leave. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to bring up Iger's comments about how... And this wasn't necessarily strictly related to the strike, but I think it is, and I'll get into it. But he talked last week about how there might be a slowdown in Marvel and Star Wars content. And he went on about how, oh, mostly with Marvel, that all of the streaming shows have diluted the brand and they need mm-hmm. to maybe pull back a little bit, which that's your fault, Bob. <laughs> like Dan went into this and he's right, but that was Bob's decision to go all in on Disney+. Plus and make all these Marvel shows and, and Chapek's decision. Well, and, over, and, and over the pandemic, it was the CEO's decisions to start pushing more and more and more to streaming. Some stuff direct to streaming, some stuff it was like, we'll put it in the theater, but quickly, quickly get it to streaming. And then they see that they're not making mu- as much money on those projects, and they wonder why. Right, and they seem to be wanting to blame the writers and the actors who didn't make those decisions. All they did was perform the job they were given, which mm-hmm. they were like, we want all these Marvel shows, so write them and act in them. Mm-hmm. But now it, it seems like the timing of that comment makes it seem to me, especially after he said all the stuff about how they're being unruly and this is disruptive and blah, blah, blah. I feel like he's trying to get fans against the the writers and the actors and be like, boy, if this strike doesn't end, if yeah. the, if the writers and actors don't want to get back to work, then I guess we just won't see as much Marvel or Star Wars. Yeah, it feels like a threat. Right. And it's that is not the case. Like, I, I want to make it clear that we are on the side of the people who actually make the stories that we 
love and watch Mm -hmm. and not the people who are now like blaming the writers and actors for the brand being diluted. Like I'm not even saying that that's the wrong decision to pull back a little bit because I mean, I'm feeling a little burnt out on Marvel. Yeah, we've been hearing that this was going to happen for a long time now. Like, I forget when they originally came out with it. But yes, there have been a lot of Marvel streaming shows come out. And so, like, it makes sense to pull back a little bit because they're just hemorrhaging money. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've seen what's coming down the line for Star Wars. They haven't really given us a a super solid idea of like when we'll see it and and like how close together they'll be but i think we'll still see a lot of the projects that they have planned for star wars but you know the longer the strike goes on the longer the delays will be right and that's kind of one of the questions is like how will this how will this affect the stories that we love and yeah it depends on how long the strike goes it could last a month. It could last several. I don't know. But the longer it goes on, the more likely it is that we'll see delays. Like, I'm basically expecting right now that Skeleton Crew will probably be pushed Acolyte and or Season 2. Like, they might just spread that stuff out a little more to shore up the gaps in content. Yeah, it'll be similar to what we saw happen to the industry because of COVID. Yeah, and, and I want to make it clear that that's fine. Like the strikers should do what they need to do. I can live without Star Wars for some extra months. Like we'll figure it out. Plenty of books to read. (laughs) Right. There's, there's books and comics. We'll cover those as we always have. Star Wars outlaws will be out eventually. We'll have a video game. Yeah. But that that's, I just want to make it clear. We are on the side of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA Uh, because these are people who just did their jobs they did what they were asked and then the fruits of their labor like they're they're not allowed to see how many people watched it with full transparency and in some cases like willow or several other shows across several other platforms have just been removed Mm -hmm. so they don't have to pay those meager residuals that they were going to anyway right so like actors and writers are trying to use trying to gauge how much they should be compensated by the view count, right? Of like what, how many people watched the show. And because streaming services won't release that information, they're going to third parties to get a rough estimate on how many people watched the show. And then the studios and the streaming services are like, no, that's wrong, but we're not going to tell you what the right answer is. Right. So it, it, it's, it's, it's all, yeah, it's all very messy and complicated and confusing. Again, we're still trying to learn all of this, but, uh, moving forward, what is our plan for our channel as content continues to come out? Uh, this is also very confusing to parse through and it's going to be different for, I think every podcast or YouTube channel or whoever, uh, we, we were looking at all the rules to follow. First of all, we're not members of SAG or the WGA or anything. We're not union. Right. We're not union. Uh, we're just Star Wars fans in Atlanta. But like, I, I want to point out that, yeah, we have a large platform. Not the largest, but big enough that I'm like, I want to use it responsibly. Mm-hmm. And I want to use it to honor the writers and the actors and, and their hard work. 
And so Variety put out a very helpful article, Gizmodo did as well, of basically, uh, if you're an entertainment journalist, a critic, an influencer, like all these different things, and we kind of fit under all of the umbrellas in some way. Mm-hmm. So again, we're doing our best to follow their guidelines as set up uh, in the ways that they they want our support. The biggest thing that I noticed reading through all this stuff was they were kind of pushing towards the the idea that influencers get directly paid from the struct companies to promote their product, to promote a new show or a new movie. They're getting paid directly from Disney, WB, Sony, whoever, to talk about and, and spread the, the active promotion of those projects, which right. we don't get paid by Disney or any of those companies. Yes, correct. Uh, but there are some promotional opportunities that we have had in the past. Like we were invited to the Andor premiere and uh, we flew ourselves out. We paid for our hotel, but still that felt like something that we were allowed to access. And obviously we would want to talk about it. So that feels like promotion at Disney's request. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to do anything like that. You've also seen us get access to uh, talent. We, We got to interview several cast members from Andor. Uh, We interviewed the creators of Young Jedi Adventures not too long ago. So there is a chance that we might get some invitations like that in the coming future. We are going to turn all that down. Um, Those are basically the rules that SAG members have to follow. And in solidarity, we want to keep doing that. So that's kind of like the influencer column. But then there's also entertainment journalist critics which we do that stuff as well and they have said that doing reviews still okay uh covering the news still okay reviews reactions pretty much all the content that we put out about new projects as they come out is fine to do as a fan as an independent critic you know this these are just opinion pieces from us basically we just will not take any paid opportunities from Disney or any other stricken company. I don't know why they would reach out, but (laughs) we're we're talking about Disney and Ahsoka. We will not take anything paid from them. I don't know that we've ever even gotten anything (laughs) like that in the past. No, we we've (laughs) had, we've had invitations to opportunities, but even that we're going to turn that down. uh, Just kind of act as if we are members Right. Just to, if we get sent any boxes of stuff, you well, know, th- they always ask for permission to send it, so yeah. we would just say no. Yeah, we would turn that down because that's they're not paying us for that stuff or for our opinion on it, but it's a gift that is giving us special a special opportunity to right. promote whatever it is that's in that box. Right. So we're just gonna turn all that stuff down. Be fans. We're still gonna review. Uh, we're still going to cover Ahsoka, but we're also going to include a disclaimer in all of those videos, uh, which this is going around online. I can put a link to it in the description as well, but it's basically uh, a, a group of entertainment journalists, and uh, they have put together this disclaimer to say, 
we're talking about whatever that, in our case, we're talking about Ahsoka, and we acknowledge that it would not have happened without the hard work of the WGA and SAG, and here's some more information on the strike. Right. Keeping keeping the strike information relevant and on people's minds is key here. Like, keeping it in the conversation, making sure everyone knows where we stand on this stuff. So, like, we're still going to put out content covering Ahsoka. It'll all have that disclaimer on it, as long as the strikes are still going. Correct. And that's, again, as just fans in general, the number one thing I've seen people say to help is to spread awareness. So that's, we want to use our platform to continue to do our jobs, but also in doing our jobs, spread awareness about the strike, keep right. keep people appraised of what's going on. And, you know, no one's asking to boycott anything yet. It may come to that, but as of right now, it hasn't. So uh, to cancel your subscriptions, to not consume certain content, to not watch movies, to not watch the streaming shows, that's going to hurt things as well as trying trying to help if that makes any sense because the less number of people that watch the streaming shows as that goes on the studios will see oh well this show isn't doing well and so it'll get canceled and so the writers the actors who would have worked on that show for more seasons would not be given an opportunity to do that right and this is this is where it all stays very confusing because like actors cannot promote their projects uh and and that's why there might be an uptick in offers for influencers to promote in their stead but i i've seen people say you know sag and the wga are not calling for a consumer boycott they might in the future but right now they do want people to watch their stuff because yes if the numbers dip then it could provide leverage for the producers to say, well, like, no one wants to watch your stuff anyway. Also, you may <laughs> it's, see... It's, it's all very... It's all confusing. You may see directors out actively promoting projects. The directors are not part of the strikes, as far as I know. They're not. Which there's... People wish that they had stricken, because then that might make this go even faster. But... It would have been more powerful had yes. the writers, actors, and directors all done strikes together but the directors already struck a deal yes early on but still it's good that sag joined the wga because that means that hopefully the strike won't last that long hopefully they'll come to terms that everyone can agree on and that are fair yeah it's very possible I'm not holding my breath, but it's possible that this could all be resolved before Ahsoka. Like, I mean, we've been talking with other podcasters and and YouTubers, and everyone has, like, a different point of view, and many of our friends are part of SAG. Like, Jennifer Landa is part of SAG, and so her considerations have to be different from ours. And it's all very strange in this weird online world. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone I've seen is just doing their best, and we're going to keep our eyes on the guidelines of what SAG wants if they change what they said about, like, you know what? We don't want you all non-members to do reviews anymore. Then we will adjust. Mm -hmm. But for now, of all the research we've done, 
this is the best version that we've come up with to be supportive and also not do anything that like a, a, an actual member uh, would have done normally. And there's another thing that has gone around that you can help support the strike. There's a solidarity fund for all of these writers and actors who are currently not working uh, that you can donate to that to help ease their time during the strike. But We'll have a link to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll put links to a bunch of resources down in the comments. I, I think that's everything that we are going to cover for the strikes. Uh, again, I would go check out Dan Merle's video. Also, uh, Greg Alba over at The Real Rejects put out a really great informative video about how this affects influencers and and you know content creators on youtube specifically so we'll link to their video as well right just kind of the do's and don'ts um but yeah that's it for the first part of this video to talk about something completely different and that is definitely not a stricken project uh <laughs> I, i've been talking to the people that produce the podcast the redemption of jar jar binks it is a ted talk podcast and it is all about the advent of motion capture, Ahmed Best creating the first digital character. I think you can understand where it's going. Just the reaction to the character, how it all happened thanks to the internet and where it all goes. There have been three episodes right now and I've listened to all three and they are genuinely great, uh, mm -hmm. very insightful telling me details, especially about Ahmed Best's life that I never knew. Uh, it's really about humanizing Jar Jar Binks and how in the buildup to the film, to Phantom Menace, uh, he was not humanized. He was kind of thought of as Jar Jar Binks and not as Ahmed Best playing Jar Jar Binks. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, um, but uh, I agreed to give them a shout out. This is not a paid promotion. I just like the show. And uh, so here's their little promo. I'm Dylan Marin, and I have 30 seconds to convince you to listen to my new podcast about Jar Jar Binks. Yep, Jar Jar Binks. Okay, so Jar Jar was actually played by an actor named Ahmed Best, and he became the subject of one of the internet's very first hate campaigns. So we made a podcast all about the early internet Star Wars cultural backlash Jar Jar and what happens when internet hate gets too real. Whew. Okay, listen to The Redemption of Jar Jar Binks wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we talked about a lot of very serious, important issues, and we didn't want to leave the Q&A with just that, so we're going to do one kind of fun, goofy question here. Uh, Linen X wants to know which Star Wars character we would like to see on Hot Ones. <laughs> I thought that was a goofy, silly question. Anytime I get a question about food in Star Wars, my first go-to is Dexter Jetster. Yeah, because he would be a good food critic as well as just fun to, to watch talk about anything. It's a, like so many questions we get about what character would you want to see do X. Dexter Jetster is just a good answer all the time because he'd be great to interview. He has a ton of interesting stories. He's been alive for hundreds of years. He's done all kinds of jobs. Mm -hmm. And he's a cook, so he would be like, oh, yeah, this wing's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he'd have, he'd have informed things to say about the, the food itself, too. Yeah. Um, Hondo 
is one that popped into my head quickly just because we're we're doing a Rebels rewatch. We we've seen several episodes now with Hondo in them, and I'm starting to like him more and more and more. And like he's probably got a thousand really cool stories to tell. I, I yeah, he's another one with just great stories. He'd be a fun interview. So tell me about the time you lost control of your pirate crew or the time you fought Darth Maul. Like, <laughs> just hearing his responses and how I'm sure he'd give completely unreliable narrator style answers yeah. about how he single-handedly defeated Maul and uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin weren't even there. <laughs> right. Um, although an- another fun one would have been Thrawn because he's so poised. That's such a good answer. He's so poised and like controlled. He hardly ever, you know, like gets gets super worked up. So for him to ha- have to eat super hot hot wings, I like, love that I, answer. I would want to see him break. That actually, what would like, th- that's the kind of person who you watch the show just to see what happens. Yeah. Whereas some, Hondo or Dex, you're like, I bet they have some cool stories. But to watch Thrawn get to the bomb and just completely fall apart or like try to compose himself and tears are coming down his eyes yeah if you don't know what hot ones is it's a i'm sure people do if you're watching this channel i think you (laughs) it's a show on youtube uh where they interview celebrities and also make them eat uh progressively hotter and hotter wings so thrawn's also from an icy home world i bet he's (laughs) not good with hot food yeah i could just see him really losing his composure it would be hilarious now i hope lars mickelson is on oh nope probably not during the strike probably not yeah <laughs> but but to what, think, a, what a joy that would be to think of thrawn and how hard he is how hardcore he is i imagine he has a pretty delicate palate i think yoda would be fun too like kooky yoda <laughs> empire strikes back yoda yeah that would be fun mace windu kind of for the same reasons he would just be thrawn. giving uh the interviewer crap for what kind of food it was he'd be like now <laughs> how, let me tell how you you get so big eating food of this kind let me tell you about my root leaf stew yeah he'll make some root leaf stew for sean put some diablo in it yeah or, or a bomb <laughs> yeah that's the bad one although he's been alive for so long you know it, his taste buds may or may not work anymore he could just eat the hottest hot wing and be like okay uh, who do you think would do the best who do you think like it wouldn't phase them at all um ember the charhound probably yeah ember i was thinking uh sebulba maybe because is he from mustafar no he's from malastare malastare that's right uh i don't know for some reason i thought sebulba would be go hard on some hot wings yeah it's just any random mustafari and i imagine would handle it just fine yeah vader Although, can he eat solid food? He'd have to, like, blend it up and drink it through a straw or something. He's in pain all the time anyways, so yeah. I don't think a hot wing would it bother would, him. <laughs> he gets to, like, the last wing, and it just makes him more powerful. <laughs> I'm so angry. He's like, this is nothing compared to the fires of Mustafar. If we want to go another food character, Porter Angle is a good choice. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's known for being a cook in Star Wars, I would like to see that happen. Yeah. Lando would be fun. I would like to see Afra just because she would probably be really funny to watch. A fun interview. Honestly, it's like everyone I think of, I can think of reasons why they would be fun on the show. Because Star Wars is just full of big old characters. Yeah. I mean, don't you want to see Din and Grogu 
together. Yes. But Din wouldn't take his helmet off. He'd be like... He'd like shoving wings underneath the helmet. Stuffing the wings, yeah. But Grogu probably wouldn't even know what's happening before he starts shoving the 10th and hottest wing in his mouth. I mean, come on. So cute (laughs) to see him try to deal with that. Yeah. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.